Welcome to Another Word for Lesbians, the podcast featuring your two new queer and lesbian best friends, Erica and Tori. I'm Erica. And I'm Tori. Why are we their two new queer and lesbian friends? Like, why are we new? We're, I don't know. Is that something I just said? I think so. I don't know. I just say whatever. Oh, maybe I should go back and listen. Like, I don't know. Maybe you have always said that. Have we always? I don't, know. I don't know. I guess I guess I say that so like we are we're not new friends to each other. We are yeah. new oh, friends. Oh, they're new friends. Yes. Oh my god. That makes so much sense cuz they're always like you and Tori are the best friends in my head and I'm like, "Oh my god, that's awesome. I love that." Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's like. That's what it means. I got it. I got it. I'm into it. Uh, oh my god, hi. Hi. <laughs> What's going on? No, it's going on with you. Well, I have a lot. <laughs> okay, well, I thank God, because I have zero. I have a lot to say. Okay, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> so uh, this past week was very stressful for me. Mm. I think it's just like that time of year. Everything is coming mm. down. I'm feeling run down. I was sick last week. Oh, my God. But it's okay. I made it through. Um. <clears throat> Oh my God, so many stories. I don't even know where to fucking start. Um, oh my God, with, start with the least juiciest and end on the juiciest. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so least juiciest. So sorry. Hopefully I'm not coughing this whole time. I'm sorry. I know, I hope not. It won't sound great. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so least, stop. Stop it. Literally went for an hour and a half walk before this podcast so she would leave me the fuck alone. But I think with Gigi, the walk, it almost, like, amps her up. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. So, least juiciest, I'm back on my melatonin shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're going to be back to hallucinating. I'm, look, I'm all for it. I think I, I think I want that back. (laughs) Oh my God. Why? Because your sleep's been so crazy. Yeah, it's been crazy. So I was on something that my, um, my former therapist recommended for sleep. Um, she said I wouldn't be like hallucinating and having crazy, Mm -hmm. crazy dreams and being like all loopy. But I don't know. It's like I take so many of those pills and they're, it, it's like homeopathic. It's natural. So it's not like a big deal, but I'm just mm-hmm. trying to have to take so many of the pills and like mm-hmm. the more pills I take, the more anxiety I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's anxiety from the pills or anxiety from the fact that I'm taking so many pills and I'm still not getting sleepy. What the fuck's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It, it they, they weren't consistent. It wasn't consistent. Yeah. And I just know with melatonin. <laughs> oh my God, you already know. It's like you're tried and true. It's like the holy yeah. grail. So I got my melatonin gummies back, gummy back, gummies oh my back, God. gummy. My melatonin gummies. I got them shits back. Uh, I oh am God. still going to go see an acupuncturist. I'm, I have a break coming up. So I'm going to like, you know, plan that journey then. Uh, but yeah, I'm back on my melatonin. So what's your sleep issue? Is it that you are a light sleeper, so you wake up a lot? Is it that you have trouble falling asleep? Do you do early morning waking? Like, what's your sleep trouble? Okay, yeah. Let's, like, workshop this, because I actually don't know. So mm-hmm. I, 
so I do a lot during the day. Like I'm constantly just on. And I find that like by 10 o'clock, it's like, I just come to a, a complete stop. There's no gradual like coming down from my mm. day. So mm-hmm. I come to a complete stop and I try to sleep and I find that I'm still just like wound the fuck up. Um. So I think that's a big part of it. So I think building like a night routine is part of it. Um, yeah. I, it's hard for me to go to sleep. Um, once I'm asleep though, well, actually, usually once I'm asleep, I like, can stay asleep, but lately it's like I fall asleep and I wake up at least a couple of times before mm-hmm. going into that full deep sleep. Mm. Yeah, I have a sim. I can fall asleep pretty easily, but I don't stay asleep. At like one a.m., I wake up, and then I get wake up again at three. Then I wake up again at four thirty. Like it's like that. Yeah. So it's never like a full night's rest where I just slept the whole night through. I don't know how many years it's been since I had a full night's rest. Wow. Yeah. It's so weird. Oh my God. But you know what that reminds me with the other pills that my therapist um, recommended for me. Sometimes it would put me in this state where like I would wake up and I would be like, did I sleep? Like it was this weird, like little state. Like, I was asleep, but I was still very much aware of what was going on, um, which was weird. And Oh, I would not like that. Yeah. That would give me so much anxiety. Yeah. So, yeah, that's like the anxiety of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, you used to be such a good sleeper. Yeah, I used to be a good sleeper. And then I went through a really rough period where I didn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And then my sleep got a little bit better. And then it got worse, like bad. Like I just didn't sleep. Yeah. And then it got to what it is now for the last probably like year and a half. Yeah, probably year and a half. It's been like what it is now, which is like, I can fall asleep, but I'm getting up two times, two to three times in, in the night. Oh, I'm waking up. That's yeah. so frustrating. It is, but, like, I think what's frustrating about it is, like, in the morning, I just never feel rested. Like, yeah. that's what's frustrating. I always feel, like, tired when I wake up. Like, I didn't – like, I know I didn't sleep well. Yeah. But I can go to sleep anywhere. I can fall asleep on the sofa watching a movie. I can fall asleep as soon as my head hits the pillow. But, I I'll stay asleep. Mm. <laughs> it's not real. But – Yeah. God, I'm so glad melatonin's back in your life. It's back. It's back. The long lost friend has returned. <laughs> yeah, take it easy on them. Like <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm not gonna overdose like I was. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, okay, so next thing. Um okay, so okay, I have a question. Okay. I need you to be honest with me and I need you to like let me know if I'm weird. Okay. Kay. So someone I met. And who I've been, like, chit-chatting with casually. Well, actually, Ooh. it's the person I met at the conference who I matched with on Tinder. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were talking, and then um, out of the blue, she was like, uh, how, how's your podcast going? And I know I've never told her about it because, <laughs> <gasps> yes. No, okay, so this is, like, a preface. I'm not, I guess, 
I don't keep the podcast a secret. Yeah. Most of the people that I'm talking to, um, I don't bring it up because I want to have the freedom to like talk about relationships yeah. or dating or, or whatever we're doing. I want the freedom to talk about that without yeah. checking in or me feeling like censored. Yeah. So I specifically don't bring it up to people that I, you know, may have some sort of romantic thing with. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I started getting really paranoid and I scrolled back through our whole conversation thread starting in October. And I was like, okay, never mention this. So I I responded and I was like, what podcast? And she Oh was my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> and then she was like, oh, when we added, added each other on Instagram, it popped up as a recommended um, thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that doesn't mean you can connect it to me. So clearly, you know, clearly she was doing some digging. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm a Scorpio, like we are private. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that like the way she brought it up was like, oh, I know something about you. I'm going to hold on to this and bring it up. Yeah. I feel like it. And I don't like, and I don't like that shift in like power. Yeah. And so yeah. literally I have not spoken to her since. Are you serious? Um, yes. Not because of the podcast, but because she knew this information since October and then decided to bring it up when she felt like it. You know, I have a weird thing with but, power and like. But maybe I don't see that as like a power, as a power trip or a power shift in dynamics. I think she probably like thought it was like, oh, she's a podcast. Maybe she was waiting for you to like mention that you had a podcast and she didn't want to just like bring it up because then you know she was digging and nobody wants to be like the person that went back a hundred weeks on your Instagram. Like, old you know what I mean? So yeah, you don't be an old digging ass nigga. So okay. she probably didn't want to say anything or she was like oh that's cool oh let me ask her about it forgot and then like mentioned it oh, I mean, okay any of those things I mean okay that's a that's a good perspective <laughs> yeah I don't think you should have cut her off it still feels very I don't know because I'm just naturally a private person so when yeah. someone like brings up something that I intentionally did not um like bring up it makes me feel like why are you digging? Why did you hold on to this? What's going on? Because like- maybe she, uh, this is honestly what I think happened. I think she liked you. So of course, when you like someone, you're going to like be digging. Of course. Yeah. So she was digging, <laughs> saw this, thought, it, I think she thought it was really cool. And I think she was probably looking a way to connect with you and was like, oh, hey, how, how is it going? This is what I'm, de- I'm definitely sure that's what happened. Like, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Honestly, you saying that makes me feel so much better. Maybe I should text yeah. her. It's been a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bitch, I don't play. I might do not play. This is why I'm, like, steadily single because I... I know. <laughs> You've got to stop. You've got to stop. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think it was probably more so, like... I think it's what should be, like, more flattering than anything. I think she just, like... I, I, yeah, I think, I don't think, I don't, do not think it was, like, trying to make a shift in power. I really don't. Okay, okay. But at some point, we gotta talk about this issue you have with power dynamics. Oh, we can talk about it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me text her right now and be like, oh my god, I've been sick. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one, because you know how when you're sick, you just, like, can't even, like, be bothered to, like, communicate with the outside world? 
I can't with you. Okay, so next thing. So <laughs> and this is what I, <laughs> this is what I told you earlier this week, but I just wanted to share with the listeners. Be very mindful about who you tell your business to. Again, <laughs> yeah, private Erica. So okay, so my mentor, my uh, my cycling mentor, not like um, career or anything else. I so I have like there's this issue going on at work or whatever, and so um, I ran into her. And she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I got this shit going on at work. I'm very, it's like very stressful, blah, blah. And so, yeah, and that was it. And so we actually work at the same uh, Pilates studio. And so I was there covering a shift for someone. And another girl who works at the studio called because she left something there and wanted me to put it to the side. And then she was like, oh my God, Erica, is everything okay with your job? And I was like, excuse me? (laughs) And then um, she was like, yeah, so-and-so told me, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, oh my God, that was actually private information. And granted, we're not in the same field, obviously. Mm. I don't work in fitness in my daytime job. But like, it was private information that like really wasn't supposed to be public. And so... Yeah, just a reminder, be careful who you tell your shit to. Um, And I don't know, I keep thinking, again, going back to, like, what's the context? Like, Mm -hmm. how did I come up to this, like, random person? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm always, like, freaked out when gossip like that happens for the same reason. It's like, okay, in what scenario did this come up? Like, how did you guys get on the subject of me? Are you just like, let me tell you what I heard because you're that much of a gossip? Or, like, what's up? I never trust it when it's, like, someone who would have no reason to be talking about me. I, I never trust that. Yeah. I'd be so pissed, actually. <laughs> I know what she said, and I am I'm, I'm, I'm so out of pocket to me <laughs> on yeah. so many levels. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> just be careful, like, yeah, who you tell your shit to. It's like white women strike again, I swear. White women, yeah, I wasn't going to say that at first because I was like, oh, this could have been anybody. No, but... it could not have been. <laughs> I just That's not like... some shit that a black woman would do. It's just not. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just feel like when it comes to your money, your job, your livelihood, like, just be discreet. Like, discretion exactly. is Exactly. Exactly. Um, oh, my yeah, God. Just like, yeah. Okay, so my final thing, I don't even know if this is juicy, but I just have a note that says gutter trash. <laughs> so oh, I, I was no, like, oh, this is definitely juicy. <clears throat> okay, so you guys know that I've been like, should I say kicking it? I don't even know. Um, but I guess like, you know, kicking it with goofy and sweaty. And um, the other day, they sent me a text message about like how their morning was going. I was in the bed knocked out because that's, you know, what I was doing. And so I'm going to use she and they interchangeably because I think that's how they get down using it interchangeably. So just heads up if you're like keeping track of (laughs) what I'm saying. Um, So they sent me this text message talking about their morning. It was like, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, oh my God, I'm having this really eventful morning. Let me just share it with somebody. And she was all like, oh, like I had a 7 a.m. meeting and at 6.15 I went outside to like warm my car up and I noticed that there was another car parked behind me. 
Um, and so I went to my neighbor. It didn't belong to my neighbor. My neighbor was like, oh, it belongs to that woman across the street. So I went across the street, knocked on the woman's door. She didn't answer at first. And so I kept knocking so that she can get up. And then the woman apparently answered the door very belligerent and was like, stop knocking on my door that way. If you knock on my door again, I'm going to knock your head off. Da, da, da. And then Goofy and Sweaty, uh, I think she said she walked away and then the woman came back around in her face and was like, hey, like, don't come knock on, knocking at my door again. And so Goofy and Sweaty said that she spat... <laughs> <laughs> in the woman's mouth. Oh my god. Like, you know, in this like heated argument situation, spat in her mouth. The woman walked away. Don't know if she actually moved the car. I'm assuming she did, but like if you spit in my mouth, I'm never moving my car. I swear yeah. you won't go to any meetings for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah. And so with that story, I decided that uh there's no more goofy and sweaty in my life. <laughs> I actually really support this because you know how like if you're dating a white woman, you're always afraid they're going to like call you a nigger in the heat of an argument. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I think this reminds me of. It's like I would just be waiting for her to spit on me whenever we got like heated. <laughs> nah. Essentially, nah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't. Yeah. It's so like flavor flavor pumpkin spitting on yeah. vibes. And that was like gutter trash, bottom of the barrel, nasty. And I just like, y'all already know I have a thing with like bodily fluids. So like, oh, it's, it's yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it's we're it, we're done. No more. Does no she more friends. know you're done yet or not yet? No, only because I've been sick this week. And so I haven't really had a chance to talk to her. But how should I approach that? Should I just be like, okay, so like when she sent me the text message, I was like, wow. And then actually, let me just read it verbatim. Um, yeah, I was like, wow. And then um, some hours had gone by. And I was like, so about this whole situation this morning, that's kind of extreme. And she was like, who, me? And I was like, you didn't actually spit in her mouth, did you? I mean, I don't know where it went, but she got in my face. And I was like, oh, so if we get into an argument, I can expect the same thing. And then she had the nerve to be like, um, ew, never. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it wasn't ew when you was doing it. I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, like, so how should I? Oh. I just, if I, I would just text her and be like, based on this last week's events, it's very clear that you and I are very different people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's a start. I mean. Like, that's wild. That is so wild. Ugh. No. No. Not at all. No, don't do it. That's, I mean, 
Oh my God. This makes me think of a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. We were, uh, me and my girlfriend were watching, we were having like movie night and I don't know why I was like just so into like watching all the lesbian movies. And we started watching this one called Disobedience. Mm-hmm. And there's this lesbian sex scene in it where the one lesbian spit in the other lesbian's mouth. Like, I don't know why it was really gross. We both were like, ah, <laughs> like, stop. And all I remember is my girlfriend saying, you guys don't deserve to be together. You don't know how to act. (laughs) I swear when you were telling me this story about that, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my God, it was spitting ass lesbians. That's so disgusting now. She cannot walk around doing shit like that. She's too old for that. Too old for that. And you know what my first thought was? You know why I said she has like a ginormous gap in her teeth? Oh god, like she's like, oh my god. Yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, she probably spat from that gap and got like some real acreage on that that bit. Cause ain't nothing was blocking it. Mm. Well, at least find out the girl moved the car. That's what I really need to know at this point. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm gonna take your approach and be like, hey, like based on the events like you said based on the events last week i think we're just two different people like i wish you well yeah Yeah. i mean honestly and i think too i don't know like i think you're into her but you're not really into her it's like mm -mm. no i'm not into her in any way other than she likes me and i think it's fascinating I mean, we know you have a thing about that. So, I mean, I, I can see the appeal in someone liking you, but I would just be so afraid she would just, like, lose her temper and yeah. just start spitting. Yeah. No. Ugh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that's my shit. What's going on with you? Oh my God. <laughs> Excuse me. My gosh, I'm sick, y'all, in case nobody can tell. Sucks, <laughs> but I'm hoping to feel better soon. But this week was also crazy. I had another run in with a white woman. It's the same white woman. I swear, once you give your white daughter up for adoption, they just start walling out, just doing crazy shit. I can so I just have to continue the saga of my ex white daughter and tell you all the shenanigans she was on this week. So I fought for this girl tooth and nail to get promoted. And so she was promoted to my assistant manager, like, yay, congrats. Like, you know, I work, I just like fought for her because, because our bosses did not want to give her this job. So she gets a job. Yeah. They didn't, their exact words were, we really didn't believe in you or your ability to take on these responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, they said this to her face, so I'm not saying anything that they didn't already say to her. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, but I fought for her. She got this promotion. So we're giving a tour of our office to a potential employee. And when she introduced me to the employee, potential employee, she introduced me at, well, a potential doctor, she introduced me as, oh, just a manager of some of of some of the offices in the area. And I'm like, bitch, I'm the manager of this office. It was really <laughs> wild. 
it was wild. It was like she was trying to downplay my role, my position. It was as though she didn't want this doctor to know who I really was. It was so awkward. Like, it was just so awkward. I'm probably not describing it well, but it was incredibly awkward. I was also really pissed. Um, it was just one of those things where it's like, how is the person that you gonna like help fly out the nest, go get out the nest and then throw dirt on your nest? Like what's going on right now? Just so ridiculous. So the doctor was standing there looking at me like, well, why are you here? Because he thought he was meeting people from that office. And then there I was. And she basically made it seem like I didn't manage that office. So he was just sort of like, okay, well, bye. Okay. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. So it was like just incredibly awkward. And so I confronted her about this and I had talked to Erica y'all before I had confronted her. And I think Erica's direct words were, Oh, she, what did you, you were just like, oh, she want to pull stunts? I don't know what you, something about a stunt. Then when I messaged her, I was like, what was that stunt you pulled? I was like, oh, <laughs> like I needed to know. And her response was like, oh, well, I want to take on a leadership role. And I thought I had this tour and I just want to spread my wings. And I was feeling confident. And it's just like, no, <laughs> that's not the way you act when you're feeling confident. Like. No, she could have easily called me. She was feeling petty is right. She could have called me and been like, hey, I want to leave the tour today. Is it okay if, you know, you don't come over to the office and you just let me do? And I would have been like, cool. Like, I want to drive across town anyway. <laughs> like, I would have just been chilling. Yeah. So I think it was a lot more about her being petty. But since then, I've essentially ghosted her. Like, I haven't talked to her at all. It's like, outside of the things that I have to do in terms of like helping her with work, we are, I'm not fucking with her, which is causing her to have a full on temper tantrum. Let me just say. Is me, she? Oh yeah. I didn't tell you this. Like she called me. I didn't answer. Then she texted me. Like I called you to hash things out and I just like didn't answer. So there's a group chat that I have with her and my man, like my manager the three of us have a group chat and she put in that group chat with my manager like hey so sorry to introduce you properly today I just felt confident and got ahead of myself so sorry and I just was like absolutely not like because I'm not speaking to you you want to bring our boss like my boss into yeah. it no so yeah she's being petty but I responded like oh no worries but I still ain't fucking with you is like the truth of the matter like no, like, no, you have been excommunicated. Like, you put up for adoption. You're currently in foster care. I don't know what to tell you, but you <laughs> do not belong to me. You are no longer my problem. Like, oh my I will do the things that I need to do to make sure that I'm doing my job and assess, like, assisting her professionally. But outside of that, like, no, we're not getting our nails done together anymore. We're not hanging out. We're not going for wine. Like, it's a wrap, nigga. Like, no. No. When you told me that, I... I actually could believe it because I've seen shit like yeah. that before, but I also couldn't believe it was so bold. So incredibly bold. And now she's kicking herself since I've cut her off. But I don't yeah. care. Sometimes you got to just learn. You got to put your hand on the stove and just like mm -hmm. learn that the stove is hot. And then also you got that burn for a few weeks. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I'm being super petty right now, and I live.
Queen and Slim, let's talk about it. It's the movie that came out around Thanksgiving, produced and written by Lena Waithe and directed by Melina Matsukas. Um, and we know that good Black movies are so far and few in between, so I know we've all seen it at this point. But Tori and I actually haven't talked about it, so <clears throat> let's take some time to talk about it. Um, so how the movie got written. Uh, the idea for the film began when sometimes my dog just randomly like looks at something and I'm just like, is it a mouse or a ghost? Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> well, in your apartment, it's probably a ghost. Let's be real. <laughs> um y'all one episode we'll have to talk about all of erica's ghost stories we should have done it on halloween but oh my god we should have <laughs> we just, we'll talk about it i was just telling someone else my ghost stories at work <laughs> um okay so anyway back to queen and slim so the movie the idea for the movie began when lena waith was approached by james fry that name sounds familiar right it's the author of a million little things who like grossly um exaggerated. Oh, he's the one who said that he like got his tooth drilled with no anesthesia. Yeah. Or <laughs> he like yeah. made he like grossly exaggerated a lot. It's a memoir yeah. and like it's supposed to be like, you know, true, but he grossly exaggerated yeah. a ton of information from that memoir. Anyway, so he came up to her at a party and he said, "Hey, I have an idea for a movie that I can't write." And he's like, "It's a black man and a black woman on a first date on their on their way home." A police officer pulls them over. Things escalate very quickly, and they kill the police officer in self-defense. And then Lena's like, yeah, you can't write that. So then she wrote it. So anyway, I don't even know where to start, but, like, let's jump in. Um, what are your thoughts on the movie? Um, oh, my God. I wanted to love this movie so much. Like, I wanted to love it. I didn't love it. Like it was a no. It was a good movie, but I had a lot. I took a lot of issue with it. I, I just took a lot of issue with the movie. No, I feel the same way. So I actually saw the movie with Goofy and Sweaty. Yeah, <laughs> and I love the movie. I love that it was presumably for Black people. I have a question about yeah. that later, which I want to ask you. Um, yeah. It was just so fucking Black, and, like, mm -hmm. the journey was Black. The music they were listening mm -hmm. to was Black. The people they encountered was Black. I love that, but then, like, we get to the ending, and I could have done without that for so many reasons. Like... The ending? I could have done without two parts of the middle. <laughs> what what, are you talking about the part where the um the boy kills the police officer? Yes, that yeah. was completely was unnecessary. It was completely unnecessary. And I am still pissed. It was just like, what are you, what, why did we do that? For what? Yeah. And then I was also pissed about the good white people who yep. hid them under the bed. It's like, here we go. It's like, gave me like slave underground railroad vibes. Like I just, I wasn't into it for a black movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I will say I had a spoiler for this before going into the movie. I was on Twitter and someone spoiled it for me. So I was so annoyed, mm -hmm. but they kind of told me that not me directly. They just posted something and I read it, but mm -hmm. um, that there was a white savior 
check mm-hmm. and that it always be your own people check. So I was already mm-hmm. kind of going in looking for that. But yeah. in the journey of the movie, I was like hoping that kind of like with, you know, we had the Harriet conversation and you're like, wait, mm-hmm. that happened. I was hoping it was something like that because the movie was so well done and it was just so good. And it was kind of really cool to see like this, these people that don't really know each other, like fall in love and like, like fall in love. Yeah. And kind of be forced to like, you know, have each other. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Okay. Let's go through some of the big movement, the big moments. So they meet on a Tinder date. The Tinder mm-hmm. date looks awful. Um, <laughs> he's driving her home. And then that's when like the events start happening where they're pulled over by a police officer. The police officer's bugging. Um, and then um, it escalates from there. The police officer, yeah. she, the girl, what's her name? I actually don't know their actual name. Angela. Um, well, let's just call them Queen and Slim, because I actually don't yeah. remember their names. I don't names remember their the names movie. either. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Queen basically comes out. She's an attorney. She comes out and is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, we have rights. I'm recording this, blah, blah, And so he, the police officer, shoots her in the thigh, like grazes mm-hmm. her. Uh, and it escalates from there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's like real. That's real life. Like we've Oh, yeah. We've seen it um, documented on Facebook, um, people recording yeah. it. So that's like real, that's authentic. Uh, and then their journey starts where they're on the run. Um, my favorite part though was um, when they drove down to Louisiana, New Orleans to see their mm-hmm. to see her uncle. Mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mine too. Yeah. Mine too. I liked that. I actually, I liked the uncle. I liked, I liked him even though he was just like, an old pimp. I liked him. <laughs> I I didn't understand the point of the uncle killing her mom. I, I didn't understand that and that being the first case she tried. I understand the trauma of that, but I didn't understand why it would have been better to me if he had just helped them because he was helping them. Not because he felt like he owed her yeah. for what he did to his her mother, you know, and I yeah. just was like, why do we have a black man again doing violence against a black woman, you know, killing, and then here comes a black woman lawyer who's got to save him. So it's like, once again, black men hurting a black woman and then the black woman having to save him. And I just kind of wondered, like, why in a black movie that by someone who is so, she's so aware, she <sighs> presents herself as so aware of, like, black issues and really conscious woke I'm gonna hate I hate that word now it's like been so but whatever um I'm just really I was like why did we do why did she make that story I mean well you have a good point trauma and that's and that's something that like the the movie has a lot of like Mm -hmm. you know like of course this of course this woman has like a deep story a dark secret like family violence of course because that's stereotypically a black thing yeah but like if you're doing a black movie she said it was a movie for black people and that i you know it'd be fine (laughs) if white people came to visit (laughs) but this is for black people why would we do the same old 
tropes and open up the same old wounds, perpetuate the same old story. Why not really do something? And she's a black woman. So why not really do something that like changes that narrative? But you, you pose a good question. Is this, okay. So Lena, um, you kind of mentioned it. Lena goes, you know, when she's promoting this movie and talking about it, she's saying uh, that black people need to create the heroes that black, black people have to create the heroes that we need. Um, she goes on to say that, like, you know, this is a black movie. White people can come. Mm-hmm. She didn't take any notes from black from white people, th- even though she got the idea from a white person. I don't know. Is, <laughs> she seems very self-congratulatory, which is annoying because, again, she fell into these tropes of, like, yeah. black people have trauma. Let's, let's play into this trauma. Let's, like, create this unnecessary trauma. Um, both in the woman, the, the attorney's background, and then just in the way it ended. Maybe part of me is like, is she trying to call it? Is she trying to say, Hey, black people, I see your trauma. Is that, I wonder if she's trying to be like, black people, I see your trauma. I'm going to show you that I see it. Here we go. But I almost hate that. Like we know what it is. Give us something to hope for. Because I think the thing that bothered me the most was at the end of the movie, the guy who ends up writing him out is basically like, y'all really gave niggas hope. Y'all really gave us something to hope for. You know, this is what we needed at this time. Only for them to sell him out. And I feel like that's what she did. I feel like that's exactly what she did to us. She sold it's us like, I'm making, Yeah, I'm making something yeah. for you. Like, this is for us. And then really... It's this whole other thing that is the same thing we've seen over and over again. There cannot be a true black love story without so much pain and trauma. Why? Why could we not for one time have a fairy tale ending? Why could they not for one time get on the plane? Tell me why. Why? I just, I, I actually, I, I don't know. I'm just looking at her sideways right now. I, I really am. Yeah, I'm looking at her sideways too. That, that's why in like last week's episode or whatever week's episode, you're like, I love Lena Waithe. And I was like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to ride that wave with you because I feel like, like you said, she's real self-congratulatory and thinks that she's doing something so different and she's so proud of herself. And listen, I'm proud of any black woman making it anywhere. But when you start to make it, you cannot forget the reasons in which you did the things you did and if she took a really I, I just I hope that she's reading the comments the Instagram was lit up and it was not good so I hope she's like reading the comments I hope she's re- like listening to the critical reviews and really thinking about what black people are saying about this movie this did this felt like a black movie in ways but it felt I felt like we were sold out in other ways and I, I just I don't know Okay. Like I liked it as a movie, but I didn't like it as a black movie, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. Playing devil's advocate. At the end of the day, this is a movie. There's fantasy. It's not real. Like, is this just part of the fantasy of, like, of course these people wouldn't get away um, because they're, like, you know, villains. Like, not even no. the whole black-white thing, but as villains, like, how do we feel no. about that? There's a million and one white movies where shit shouldn't happen that happened. Are we just asking for one? (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, is it totally not plausible that they get on this plane and they make it? Yeah, 
But have they not included, okay, let's say they did this, they get killed, but they didn't include old snitching ass nigga. I would have felt better about that. People were comparing it to Bonnie and Clyde, and Bonnie and Clyde get killed in the end. So I wouldn't have been mad if they died, but why are we going to have old snitching ass nigga, like, behind it? That's the shit. It could... I don't know. I just feel like it was extra yes. in that regard. Too. Yeah, it, it, like, played up a lot of Black stereotypes. Like, yeah. like we said earlier, like, okay, your people are always going to do you in. Exactly. There's always going to be one gracious white person that's going to, exactly. like, help you out along the way. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I hated about it. Yeah, that's what I hated about it, too. Yeah. I was, I was really underwhelmed by that whereas after i had this is the thing after watching harriet i felt so proud to be a black woman i was like yes i live and then i saw this and was like oh yes i live for black love whether it's gay straight queer i don't care i love it all like i was so excited to see it and then i was like huh like i just it would have been so dope to have two movies Mm -hmm. this year that really just like I don't know, just like lifted us up. That just would have been so dope. So I just, I don't know. I don't know. Is it possible to create art as a Black person without always like relying on this trauma or like reopening the the wounds of trauma? Yeah, 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 they can. They just have to be brave enough to write that kind of movie and to make that kind of art. And I think there is, I think that there is black art that that does that and maybe maybe what we should be doing too maybe what we should done when we were talking about how we hate this is we should have brought some examples from lena way to like (laughs) reference the next time she goes to make art i don't know but i think that there is i just think there's a way to listen i think it's hard to be a black artist because you always have the weight of your race on Mm -hmm. your shoulders and everything you do is kind of looked at through that lens and you're seen as like not writing about blackness enough writing about blackness too much like there's always a really hard line between the art you want to make and what's expected of you so in that sense i feel for her i really do because that's not easy and especially not on, on the stage that she's on and the level that she's on right there's critique coming from everywhere uh, but I just feel like the way she talked about the movie as a just like a movie for black people, I just thought it was going to be a little bit different. Yeah. I just really thought that. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You know what this reminds me of, though? Like in grad school, um, one of our, I guess, professors, um, she... I was in her workshop and she would always describe my work as heartbreaking and it made Mm -hmm. me feel like, it made me feel a lot of things I think I haven't processed, but it made me feel like, oh, is this all I can do? Or, oh, is this like, why am I always relying on, on this like narrative? Like, and so it makes Mm -hmm. me think like about this whole black art thing, like, is it just because this is what we have? This is our experience. We can't change it. This is our history. It's heartbreaking shit. No, let me comment on that. Yeah. Because I know who you're talking about. And I think that she's wrong. I think poetry is supposed to arrest the heart. That is the job of the poet. Yeah. Poetry is emotive. It is supposed to... It, I had a professor tell me that one time. And it has stuck with me my entire writing life. And, it, and I write that way because of that. When 
when I heard her say that poetry is supposed to arrest the heart, it was life-changing. And I think it's true. So I think the fact that your work breaks the reader's heart is not a weakness of your writing. I think it's really a triumph because I think yeah. that what's happening is you're tapping into that part of someone's emotions that they're able to feel that. Because you know we can write some poems about doing laundry and fucking the sun and birds chirping and just like whatever and the cat watching the fence and I just want to let you know I remember the context of doing laundry <laughs> I'm just saying like yeah we can write that but what ha what do we walk away with when we were done reading that poem what what did we change what changed in us what did we feel nothing so she can have that's not a criticism I even want you to think about. I know you, whatever, that was years ago, but yeah. Yeah. Just my two cents. <laughs> okay, so hold on. Um, then she had the nerve okay. to say that black people have to create the heroes that we need. Could she please create a hero that we need? <laughs> so wait. That would be amazing. Are they, okay, so you don't see Queen and Slim as heroes. I do see Queen and Slim, Slim as heroes, but for once can our heroes not die? All of our heroes are dead. All of our heroes are dead. <laughs> like, when when can one of our heroes just live? Even right. if, one, this is the thing, when she says, I'll be your legacy, if she had just lived, I would have been okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Give me something here. Like, I know. And you know, the way they kept bringing up like Asada, Shakur, like they were trying to get to Cuba for that. Yeah. I thought they were going, I mean, even though I saw the spoiler, I was like, I thought they were going to like, you know, be that legacy of like Asada, Shakur and like make it to Cuba. And so yeah. like, wasn't Angela Davis in Cuba too for a turn, child? Probably. So it's like, that wasn't totally unreasonable, actually. It's not unreasonable. It's, it's happened before with Asada. It could have happened again. I don't yeah, know, it could have. Hearing you talking about it and like living through it again, it was, I don't know. I think seeing those traumatic things like fuck up your psyche all the time. It tells you this is all I am. Mm -hmm. This is all I am is trauma and yeah heartbreak and sad things and you know there's there's pockets of hope and joy but the trauma yeah. outweighs it all yeah, yeah. I, that's so true i was to speaking of that i was watching this sh reality show on own and it's called family or fiance and it had this episode that i was watching had two lesbians and one of the things that was happening in the episode basically it's like two people who are getting engaged and they're parents are objecting and so they're trying to bring the families together to like work this out before they get married whatever so in the episode one of the things that kept coming up in this relationship was that there was so much abuse from both parties like they would argue and they would get physical and then so they were talking about it in one of the family sessions and the one girl who was getting married was like if we need therapy for um, domestic violence and abuse, everybody on this couch needs it. And it was like so wild that every woman, there was like six family members, there was like six women, all had been victims of domestic abuse yeah. at some point in their lives by a man they were with. And it just was like, what is happening that there's so much like violence against black women 
and their romantic relationships. And it's sort of like, guys, that our story, if there were six white women sitting on this couch, would they all say they were? But like, I just kept thinking like, God, why is our story always wrought with so much like, like just like pain and strife and it's so difficult and it's like walking through mud to do everything. And then here's the people who are supposed to love us who like do us dirty every time. And it's like, I don't know. I just keep thinking, God, there's so many people who are watching this who think that this is the way that black women like are treated and like, oh, that's just what happens and their relationships. They just are like treated like trash or discarded or, or beaten or whatever. And I just, so yeah, when we see movies like this that are supposed to be for us, I do just hope that one time it's not tragedy. Yeah. Cause we're, I feel like we are marked with so much pain and it's, it, it's, you, it gets exhausting and overwhelming. Yeah, it does. And I don't think that's the way white people's narratives are set up. Mm-mm. I just don't. Mm-mm. So I don't know. See, like I'm back to feeling hopeless again because like <laughs> this, this woman, you know, these, you know, Lena and the director have been on like a media tour for like weeks promoting this mm-hmm. movie and so, you know, building the hype, promoting it. And so to go in the theater and be so excited, like mm-hmm. I bought $50, I mean, which isn't a, that much at the movie theater, but about $50 worth of food. I was like, I'm about to enjoy this shit. And then like even the trailers leading up to the movie, every black movie was something tragic. There was like this Jamie Foxx movie where... <clears throat> He's in court, like he's a dad, he's in court. Mm-hmm. Then the family's behind him, and then like he's mm-hmm. he's like wrongfully in jail, yeah, right? Or something accused, basically of something. Mm-hmm. His son, you know, it's just like literally always. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's it's so sad. It really I don't know. It's like it's it's one thing to feel that way on your own, but to have like the artists and the musicians and the people around you in Hollywood who have some sort of like voice kind of just echo that sentiment. It's like, damn, we really ain't shit. No one really thinks mm-hmm. about us. No one gives a shit about us. This is like our plight mm-hmm. in life. Um, you, you know, the best black movie that made me proud of my blackness and queerness that has been unmatched is still Moonlight. And there was a lot of pain in that movie, but there was so much triumph too. And it was a very subtle triumph in the end. Very subtle triumph. But it was just enough to, like, give you, like, I don't know, something. Like, a spark of, like, possibility. That's all she needed was a spark of possibility. And that could have changed that movie for me. But there wasn't, there was not that. I'm sorry, but there wasn't. Yeah, like, maybe how you said if she had lived after saying... Um, can I be your legacy? And maybe somehow she got away and flew off. Like yeah. that would have been the spark. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. or okay. he had sacrificed himself for her. Yeah. Let her run and him and him move towards the cops. Like it was me. I don't know any. I just something, don't. something, something. I would have taken anything other than what we got. Anything. Yeah. Um, okay, so like you kind of went into it um, just right now, but I was going to ask, what do you want to see in black movies? And it seems like you just want to see a spark of hope. 
Yeah. Um, and something that we didn't really talk about was like, I guess the love aspect of this. And even that is like another stereotype of like black love. It's like, oh, you got to be ride or die. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tragic. It can't just be like, we fell in love and we lived happily ever after. Well, I think that new Issa Rae movie that's coming yes, out I was actually is going to be that. I pray. Like, oh my God. I yeah. pray. And then after we get that, I would love it if Lena did a movie. <laughs> we're on a first name basis. <laughs> I love it if Lena did a movie where it was to a black lesbian love story. Can we please just have one? Can yeah. we? She's a black lesbian for Christ's sakes. Can we have a black lesbian love story, <laughs> please? Please one. Um, okay, so I have one question before we wrap up this Queen and Slim conversation. Yeah. So the director of Queen and Slim describes the movie by saying it's ultimately, ultimately a story that defines Black love as a revolutionary act. It shows that our union is the greatest weapon against the assault on Black people in America. Do you agree? Uh. I do agree, but I don't think that this movie shows that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. When I was reading it, I was like, yeah, but these are two different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree with that statement, but yeah. I, it's like a false, um, it's like a false revolution. Like, right. Like, it, yeah. In some ways they're, I mean, I think their love, their running, all of that was revolutionary. But is it really a great weapon if they're just shot down? Yeah. And then we have things like a little boy who shoots a, pol- a black, pol- at least let him shoot a white police officer. The whole thing was just so dumb. She's a black police officer and then he's killed. So it's like, like it's a senseless revolution in that, po- in that respect. Oh, senseless revolution. So I don't, I just don't think that the movie does what, the director and producer think it did. I, I yeah. really don't think, and I don't think we're the only ones who feel that way. The reaction that I was reading in the comments is like a lot of people felt a type way about it. Yeah, there's so many articles and think pieces on it that I could not even read them all. Like yeah. everyone's feeling some type of way about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But going back to this, I do think black love is revolutionary. I think it's oh, for sure. Um, and this doesn't mean anything, but I think, especially during that period where, like, interracial love was really, like, hyped up, did you mm-hmm. notice, like, on TV and movies, it was, like, mm-hmm. always an interracial situation, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but when you have media portraying that, you have to wonder, like, what are you really trying to do? Yeah. They definitely see that, like, two Black people together is, you know, the strongest that we can be, so yeah. it's, like, constantly putting out these images that oh like interracial love is like you know and so yeah I do think it's a revolutionary act um and yeah I agree with her <laughs> but like you didn't do that here yeah <laughs> you didn't do that yeah. in this movie. <laughs> no you didn't sorry friend <laughs> I, <yeah>. um, okay <laughs> So for the first time in its 67-year history, there is an out lesbian woman uh, at the Miss Universe pageant that took place last week. Um, she's not American. Uh, Miss Myanmar, oh. Miss Myanmar, formerly Burma. It's a Southeast Asian nation that has more than 100 ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, it borders India, Bangladesh, China, 
Laos, uh, Thailand. Um, and so Suizin Het is, uh, she's an out lesbian and she's the first out lesbian in the Miss University, in Miss, in the Miss Universe pageant. So like, I mean, she didn't win yet. We know at this point that Miss South Africa won, uh, but that was dope. And, um, she says a majority of people in Miramar are not accepting of this, but my goal is to make them look at me and others that are like me just the same. Uh, and in her country, members of the LGBTQ community can still be prosecuted for being, you know, who they are and for loving who they love. Um, they face like verbal teasing, beatings, and basically mm-hmm. being gay is still punishable with yeah. a prison uh, sentence in her country. So this is like oh a big God. deal. She's putting herself on the line. Mm. Yeah. yeah um, that's so beautiful. Yeah. But can we just talk about, um, like, the pageant situation lately? Like, where Black yeah. women have been dominating. So, yes. So we have um, our Miss Universe now is um, Black. Miss South Africa ended up winning. Uh, we have a Black Miss Teen, a Black Miss USA, um, a Black Miss America, and then a Black Miss World, Jamaica. Hey. Um, but, you know... And maybe because this is like the whole Queen and Slim thing, but you know when you like see too many good things and you start to yeah. like wonder like what the fuck is going up? I don't trust yeah. like, what's, like 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 congrats, but what's going on? Like you think they're like Let, let's give them this because we about to do them in. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I yeah. I have to hope that this is just like they're finally seeing black women with as people who have something to offer, people who are beautiful and talented and articulate and smart and all of that. I mean, that's what I'm hoping is happening. Macha, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like, <laughs> yes. And Miss South Africa has fucking natural hair. That's it. the thing that gets me. That. I love it. Yes. Okay. So moving on in like more queer news. So for years, same-sex behavior in animals has been... I know this is, like, not something we normally talk about animals, but I was actually very fascinated by this. Oh, Uh, I was really excited when I saw this because I actually... You guys on this... I'm obsessed with Reddit. I'm always on Reddit. Like, I don't even know why. Anyway, and I follow a bunch of, like, animal threads on Reddit. I don't know why again. I just love it. Especially guys, you should go to Reddit like us. It's like animals doing things that people do and animals being jerks is really good. Animals being bros is really good. <laughs> in case you guys need to, oh any recommendations. I have, oh my God. Okay. So like after I say this, I have a theory that I want to share with you. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I'm excited about this. I, I love this. Um, but for years, same-sex behavior in animals has been viewed as an anomaly and something that happens independently outside of like the baseline of heterosexual behavior. However, in a study that's published in the Nature Ecology and Evolution magazine, a scientist, specifically Julia Monk, uh, is realizing that that shit may be wrong. Um, for a long time, uh, biologists you know, have looked as at same-sex behavior as like a Darwinian paradox, which goes on to explain that the school of thought is basically um, that it has something to do with like dominance or grooming, that it wasn't like a sexual thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and then other scientists are saying that it helps social animals maintain community. But basically, they're they for the longest time they've come up with all these different excuses uh, as mm-hmm. to why like certain animals um, exhibit yeah. same sex behavior. Um, however, Julia Monk, who is in uh, a PhD, who is a PhD candidate, um, she was like, "No, nah, the idea that same sex." sexual behavior had to be justified at all seemed like a perspective of dominant cultural norms rather than a more holistic view of actual biology. She goes on to say, I really disagreed with some of the ways um, that I saw it framed. And um, yeah, she goes on to say that the earliest sexually reproducing animals may have mated with any other individual they came across regardless of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, which is interesting. And then I put some like uh, animal sex facts. Um, so male field crickets perform mating songs and dances for each other. Oh, I love that. They're so romantic. <laughs> Female Japanese monkeys uh, pair off into temporary but exclusive sexual partnership. <laughs> Pairs of male box crabs. Sorry. This is the one that was like, God damn, uh, pairs of mailbox crabs occasionally indulge in days long marathon sex sessions. My God. Holy <laughs> shit. Days long. That's like pleasure. But why is it that we believe? Yeah. Why is it that we ever believe that it couldn't just be like pleasurable for animals? It's just like we're animals too. And we find it pleasurable. I don't understand like why we don't think that this is my thing. If you know, your dog likes to play fetch and you know, your dog likes a specific kind of treat and your dog likes when you like take them to this particular park, we know they have likes and dislikes. Why can that not stretch to the area of sex? Like I remember seeing something on PBS and it was like that monkeys have sex a lot and they have sex to welcome each other and they have sex when they're upset it was like saying all the times that that sex was used and i was like even then i was like well maybe they just like really like to fuck maybe this isn't about i I mean but they just really like to do it but like those those reasons are the same reasons we like to have sex it's like oh shit i ain't seen you let's fuck we used to fuck we i didn't see you let's fuck or i'm upset let's fuck like why is it like some like it's like makeup, yeah. yeah. Yeah, why can't monkeys have makeup sex? Someone tell me. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's like, that's really fascinating. So. Oh my God, I love that. It was just a reminder, like reading this, it was just a reminder that like, I fall for the shit too. I've never thought of animals as sexual. I literally was like, oh, like we're the only sexual beings. And again, this is yeah. an anomaly. This has to do with like something other than sex or preference. And like, it's not, we're not the Listen, only ones. <laughs> I have two things to say. One, I definitely thought when animals were gay, they were non-sexual. Like those penguins that like have gay penguins, like adopt other penguins. I thought it was like a non-sexual relationship. I'm still not actually clear if they have sex, but I think that's how I thought all gay relationships were in the animal world. But then for a time, you guys remember, I told you guys when we reconnected that I had three dogs for a while, a very brief while. And the newest little dog, Nelson, and the middle dog, Davis, had a very odd sexual relationship. It was literally (laughs) like, 
poor little ne- not poor little Nelson. He, I think he was into it. He would lay on his back, and I swear, Davis would just like caress him with his nose, like all over. Just like it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. I was like, what is actually? Go-? It was like they were into it. So I believe this study because I witnessed it with my own two eyes. <laughs> It was so wild. I was like, what is going on right now? Yeah. But it was real. So there you go. Yeah. I believe it. Oh, my God. Okay. So, like, I don't know if I should, like, tell you this, my theory. But, like, no, I won't tell you. I'll just save it for my. Yeah, tell me. Like, yeah. some animals aren't real, right? They've just, like, they've just created this animal as, like, a guise for something else. Like gorillas aren't real, and sun bears. Sun bears have been getting a lot of like um, attention lately. I don't think they're real. What do you think gorillas are? I think the Russians have like. <laughs> I think the Russians have like created gorillas over time. And I don't think they're real. I mean, I don't. I'm googling. I'm googling a fucking sun bear. I don't know what a sun bear is. I'm googling a sun bear. In the news a lot lately, the past two weeks, just out of the blue, just out of the blue. I've never heard of a sun bear in my black life until two weeks ago. You know, I'm not totally against what you're saying because. Literally yesterday, I was on Netflix, and I watched a documentary about pangolins. Pangolins? I have never heard or seen a fucking pangolin in my life. It's like a cross between a baby dinosaur and an armadillo. Like, it was the weirdest See, they come up with these crazy things, and it's like, don't believe this shit. Well, they're extinct, in case anybody wanted to know. (laughs) They're about to, they're, they're they're in critical danger of extinction. But it was really weird. Oh, are they just like really small bears with a weird patch on their neck? Yeah, they're really small, i.e. they're human size, i.e. they're Muppets, i.e. humans are in there, i.e. they're spying on us, i.e. they're not real. Oh, there's a moon bear too. See, they're just making shit up. So how big are they? They're literally like five, six. What? They're not real. They do look strangely. Why are their tongues so long? Exactly. I believe it. Oh my God. This is very weird. Why do they look like this? Where are they supposed to, where are are these animals supposedly live? (laughs) Tell me, where do they live? Where do they say they live? Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you. Tropical for, tropical forest habitats of Southeast Asia. Okay, this could be true because I remember watching a documentary about some people who never even seen like who never left the rainforest. Like you know, it's like some kind of people who only have dealt with themselves. I don't know. I'm not saying it right. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like no contact with the outside world, and they just discovered them. So maybe this is real. I don't know. It does seem rather strange. When was this Wikipedia? If this Wikipedia article was written two weeks ago, then I'm going to know you're right. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't know. Now I'm freaked out. Mm. I mean, <laughs> just stay woke. <laughs> but I think gorillas are real. I I need more convincing. Last edited five hours ago, child. Now I feel like you oh, might the be sun right. bears. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm, who knows? Oh my um, God. <laughs> I have one more bit of queer news. Okay. So Sudanese, Sud, Sudan, Sudanese. How do you say like Sudan, Sudan? Sudanese. Sudanese model, Awang Chuol, just got married to a woman. Oh my God, I love that. Love They're this both picture. gorgeous. Yes. God, um, I love it. Days ago. So this is like major because in Sudan, just like a lot of other, you know, African nations, being gay is not cool. It'll get your ass arrested. It'll get your ass killed. So yeah, like, I just love that she's living her, I mean, she lives in the States. Maybe not. She doesn't live in Sudan anymore. But like, I just love that. Like, she's being her allowed to be her full self. You know. Oh my so. God! Yes, I totally love this. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. So okay, I have a queer dating update. My final update. Ooh, Lex. Remember that personals-based uh, dating site that I was investigating? I gave it another shot after my update. Um, I realized it has a feature where you can add your Instagram. And mm-hmm. I didn't add mine because I wanted to keep the whole, like, personals thing. But everyone that I yeah. I read their personal and I liked it, um, and I checked their IG, I wasn't into <laughs> <laughs> so like but it kind why of, were they white they just weren't my type oh but like it negates the whole thing of like doing the personal thing yeah. and getting to know someone just based off conversation if i could just easily look mm-hmm. at their instagram and go back to you know how- maybe make a conscious choice not to do that and just talk to them and get to know them on that level without doing that or is that just like not a thing that's gonna happen well i've already deleted it but then also (sighs) like i mean another thing it's not very diverse like literally it all looks like the same type of person oh yeah no never mind not very diverse so yeah you know maybe in a year i mean hopefully i won't need it in a year but like maybe if i visit it it'll be more diverse but yeah um, maybe it'll have some time to like get some traction yeah catch on oh my god yeah Ooh, sorry boo no, so okay. it's a wrap it's over with it's for definitely them. a wrap i've deleted it i've moved on <sighs> okay <laughs> okay well weren't, weren't. <laughs> um damn i guess this is all we got <laughs> Oh my God. Listen, y'all, I love y'all, but the way I feel right now, like I need some hot tea. I'm just saying, I love y'all, but bye. <laughs> I know. This has been our episode. Um, I guess we'll see you next week. Um, yes. Yeah. You know what to do. If you have any questions. Will we see, will we do the, wait, will we do this next week? It's, oh, it's the Sunday after. Yeah, we can do it next week. It's the Sunday before Christmas. <laughs>
Oh my God. Why do I just think like Christmas is this week? It's really not. What is wrong with me? I don't know. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Bye.